Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Friday's episode of a Terra Scottish Football Podcast. My name is Craig Fowler. <laughs> it's a good start for the show. I nearly stumbled over my own name. And I'm joined <laughs> down the line by a man who I'm sure can empathise with me stumbling over words. It's Joel Sked. Yes, yes I can. <laughs> did you mean to stumble over yes, yes I can? Yes I did. Okay, cool. Uh, right, uh, thanks very much for joining me, Joel. We're going to do as we did last week, where we counted down the top 12 goalkeepers in Scottish Premiership right now. On this occasion, we're going to be doing the top 12 fullbacks in the Scottish Premiership right now. When I say right now, obviously, means like, you know, where we are as of the last games, because uh, nobody's been released yet. Uh, well, nobody for this list anyway. It'll be interesting to see when we come with the centre-backs, whether we include Clever Dicamona, because he technically isn't in Scottish football anymore, but um, he might not make it anyway. So we'll, we'll cross I don't that think he will. When we come I don't to... think he will. Nah, probably not. Uh, so that's just a mute point. But uh, yeah, without any further introduction, let's get right into it. Watch your number 12. My number 12 is Greg Lee from Aberdeen. Okay, I didn't, I've not got him. I, I thought about it. There's just not a huge sample size. And I wasn't entirely convinced with what I saw. He is, there's a reason number 12, he kind of snuck in. In the, uh, the list. I'm interested to know which which players, uh, actually I, I can think of a few that could have made it on your list without, um, without Greg Lee. He is, I think he, I, th- I think he gave uh, Aberdeen an option which was maybe not as defensively sound as Max Lowe but it kept up that or allowed him to continue to play a more progressive fullback because obviously we've seen this season at times Andy Constantine we've put him as centre back 
uh, not as, uh, as a fullback, so he won't be on this uh, list uh, before we get Aberdeen fans complaining. But we've seen kind of pre-low and uh, kind of post-Lee's injury is that Constantine, very good player, very good defender, but I think sometimes Aberdeen can just uh, miss an aspect of uh, kind of dynamism, especially going uh, down the left-hand side when Constantine's playing apart from instead of Lee or beforehand low. Lee is, I think he's, he's, he's your kind of uh, typical modern-day fullback in that he's really powerful, aggressive, probably not the best actual left-back because you've seen him move into certain, uh, certain mid and play play really well because McInnes wanted to use his physical attributes. But he can play as well, and I've been relatively impressed with, with, with him at left-back. Yes, he's certainly going forward. He shows a lot of enthusiasm. He's, he's very much powers the operative word. He, he runs hard. He, he plays hard. One thing I didn't really like about him, and I was thinking of including him, uh, but just watching Eclipse defensively is a bit soft, suspect. Uh, positionally, he tends to, to to really kind of drive out towards players. He kind of plays off the ball like he plays on the ball. But it means he can get he can leave too much space in behind by by going out to opposing attackers and trying to close them down a bit too aggressively. I think in one on one situations as well, he can be a bit rash in terms of maybe not in terms of like hard tackles, but just putting his foot in maybe where he doesn't really have to. So I'm not quite convinced of him as a as a defender, but he, he is good going forward and like you say, is decent in the midfield as well. I'm going to come out with a controversial one at number twelve. Because I know he's not played well this season, and this to me speaks about the players who had other options, and I just weren't blown away by any of them. So I just went with like a lifetime achievement award. So my number twelve is Lewis Stevenson. Dear God, <laughs> I think if Hibs fans had a uh, had a list for top six, seven fullbacks this season, I'm not sure Lewis Stevenson would on it would be on it. And to be honest, I think even Lewis Stevenson, having met him and spoken to him, I think he would uh I think he'd probably be uh you'd question putting himself on that list because I think he's he, he even admitted to us when we when we spoke to him when he was on the view from the terrace that he's not had the best season because physically he is he, he struggled a lot and I think you can just because he's he's not been able to get that rest and really let his body heal. So yeah. it's something he made, and I think a lot of Hibs fans have noticed that as well this season, where he's just he's just been a bit off the pace. Yeah, because he was away with Scotland last summer. Was that last summer? Or was the summer before? The summer before, wasn't it? Whoa. It was summer before. Yeah, it was under the cliche. Yeah. Yeah, and you, uh, you just don't get a, a, a big rest uh, in Scottish football. You play up until the end of May, and then if you're, you know, you're back for the Betfred Cup games, and well, you, you kick them off in mid July, but you're back in training in like the end of June. So yeah, it's going to be harder on players who are a bit older. Basically, with Stevenson, like I say, it was just a, it was a lack of other contenders that I really at the, the position. It was either Stevenson or Paul McGinn I was going to pick. Uh, and I just went for Stevenson because, despite the fact he has struggled a bit, it's it's I'm just I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt, and I still think he's a pretty good defender as well. He's somebody who is can still be reliable. He's yeah, I've just basically I would have cut this to eleven if I if I, had <laughs> it, if I had it my way. So he's basically just been given there a complimentary. You're still, in my opinion, a decent defender, and you're mm-hmm. a nice guy. And I don't like any of the other players. So there you go. 
<laughs> there you go, Lewis. Here's your present, number 12 on my list. I just, for me, I think the, the, the two seasons or two or three seasons since Hibs have uh, come up from the Championship, he's been he's been really good and proved himself as a, as a proper Premiership player, but I just think he's regressed too much this this, uh, this summer, uh, this season, sorry. Okay, who's your number 11? My number 11 is Aaron Hickey. Oh, I didn't put Hickey on my list. Really? Uh, yeah. Um, I was kind of, I was going to set out with the with the notion that I was going to pick Hickey. I was kind of scared off by his stats a bit. <laughs> so I can't, I don't have him to hand, but his crossing is like appallingly poor. And he is a fullback that gets forward quite a lot. And I don't think he has, I'm a big, a big fan of Hickey in terms of his potential. I think he, he's got a massive future in the game because for a 70-year-old to go into this Hearts team this season, prove yourself the number one left back, and really play at that level, and to play at a decent level all season where the other players around you are not, you're playing under three managers, I do think that that shows a lot about his mentality, a lot about where he's, he can go in the game. But he's still not quite there for me right now, and a lot of it, my concerns about him, and this is probably good because he, he can get better than this, but it's on the attacking end where I just don't think he has... I don't think he's figured out a move yet. And when I say a move, I mean like something to something that he's comfortable doing to bring out the arsenal that when he gets into these advanced positions, he has a clear idea of what he wants to do. And he has had these very good games, but he also plays for the worst team in the league and has obviously had his fair share of bad games as well as a result of that. I mean, this is so... You, you you went through so you went through Greg Lee's uh, took him apart defensively. Now you're saying that Aaron Hickey's not good because or not good enough for twelve because he, he can't attack. I think I, think I don't, like, don't say he can't attack. I just think he he gets into advanced areas a lot of the time and he doesn't seem to have he does he doesn't seem to be too confident in what he wants to do with the ball. No, he's, he's a seventeen-year-old left back with who's who's right footed, who's that, played centre back, centre back and right back as well. That's fine. But he's not in my top twelve. It's perfectly understandable. He's seventeen years old, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to say like allow him these things and say, well, that makes you good enough because you don't have that right now. It's understandable that you don't have that, but to be to be in my list, you need that. Well, for for, for me, he's been uh, he's probably been the most composed Hearts player alongside Andy Irving this season. And for uh, again, for a seventeen-year-old, yeah, he's had he's had he's had some uh, really poor games. Again, understandable because of his age and the situation he's in. Yeah, but he's uh, and sometimes his composure gets a better of him because there's a, a couple of times he's been he's tried to play or take on someone in the box or try and chalk it out. We just think right, just just clear the line. So there's definitely lots of uh, a lot of. He's he's got a big ceiling, and he, he, there's there's a lot of room between where he is now and that ceiling. There's a lot of room for him to him improve and progress him. But I just I, I still think he is a, a, a very very talented player. I think on his day he can he can really handle uh, wingers. Look, you look at the 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 three one game game against Hibs where he went up against Martin Boyle and he was he was absolutely fantastic. So when he has those games, I think this is this is someone who's uh, who's got. A lot of a lot of potential attacking wise, yeah. I think you make a very good point. But there's there's times where I see him when he goes uh, when he goes forward, and 
defensively he's always on his left foot and then when he gets into the final third it's almost like he um he then becomes indecisive in what foot he is because a lot of time he does try and cut in field and uh and, and play a pass rather than drive down drive down the wing and cross get across him i think he's he's crossing maybe he's crossings to do with that although he doesn't do he doesn't attempt a lot of crosses a game which speaks to what you just said I think he's something like only like 1.5 times a game which is very low mm. for an attacking attack minded fullback but his, his percentages are really poor maybe it's just a small sample size because he literally must have only crossed the time about 40 times a season but it's something that is something really bad like 17% that kind of scared me off I maybe should have just picked him anyway instead of Stevenson right my number 11 is Callum Waters of St Mirren mm-hmm. I've, got, I've got my wee bit higher up Okay, Actually, uh, a few higher up. Okay, I I I like his scrappiness. He's somebody that really uh, kind of smaller, undersized fullback, but somebody who really kind of fights for everyone, always willing to stick his foot in. His passing's not great, but his crossing isn't bad. Thirty six percent for the season, and also another stat that jumped out for me was he was quite high for intercepting the ball and opposing halves, which when you watch him does kind of make sense. He's always kind of tearing around after the ball. He's got a bit of quickness to him. He's always kind of alert to closing down men and putting opponents under pressure. And I can see why he's able to win the ball back in advanced areas so often. So, yeah, there's certainly flaws in his game, but he's a a player that you kind of like to watch and kind of root for. And I remember, I think, he's on loan for Kelly, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, and I remember Craig Anderson saying when they... They signed Nico Hamalainen that he wondered whether they should have just kept Waters and he thought he would just be the, the backup when, when Taylor goes. And Taylor obviously did go to Celtic. And you can see that he should you know, return to Kelly and push Hamalainen for a starting place next season. Well, he might be like, because I don't think uh, Kelly have signed Hamalainen. I think Hamalainen's on loan. Oh, is he? Oh, yeah. sorry, I didn't realise that. I forgot. I, th- that. I think I'm, sh- I'm positive. I'm p- positive. Uh, Nico Hamelin is on loan. So just well, that's fine. Well, that's fine. It still goes to my point. He can then Hamelin can hand him the baton. I think he's ready for it. Yeah, Hamelin's on loan from QPR. You 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 mentioned you mentioned flaws. What what do you think his flaws are? Uh, I mentioned his, his passing. Uh, I don't think it's that great. I think he tends to get rid of it a bit too often. He maybe lacks the composure when he's especially when he's a bit deeper on the field. And but defensively he is pretty he's pretty switched on. Obviously his height is going to struggle against maybe some of the bigger players, but he kind of makes up for that in heart. Okay, okay. I've I think well, a lot. Of, uh, I've got him a couple higher. A lot of what he said, said right. I'll, I'll touch on him when we get when we get to him. My um my ten is Jason Naismith. I've got exactly the same. Ah, cool. And the yeah. only reason I've got the only reason I've got him at ten as well is that it's now his second serious knee injury of his career. And I don't know what he's going to be like when he comes back. So yeah, Naismith, Naismith's an interesting one because I thought when Hibbs signed him, I thought that's a fantastic signing. Then he arrived and he was he was really far off the pace. Seen him a couple of times, first team games, and wasn't impressed with him. Looked like he was still working his way up to fitness, which is which is which is fair enough when you're getting signed quite late in the window. And obviously not being used at Peterborough. Then I watched him. I think he played centre back in a reserve cup game against Hearts that I was I was sent to cover. And it was no, I think he did play right back. And it was just it was you can see that it was he was almost just going through the uh, going through the motions, just 
basically gone, right, I need to play. I think got taken off after, what, 60, 70 minutes. So basically it was just, this is a game for me to uh, improve my fitness. I don't really want to be here. But after after a handful of games, he really he really started to show the the fullback that Ross County had in terms of uh, just a monster who was able to bomb up the bomb up the wing. He seen it with a goal against I think it may be against Kilmarnock, where he just you just knew exactly what was happening, where he made the run outside the fullback, got the ball laid off to him and he just powered it into the top of the net. I just I think he's when when he's in full flow, he is a, a, almost a perfect fullback for Scottish football. He's big, he's strong, he's uh, he, he just bombards. At times, he's just like one when he gets going, he gets chugging like a train. But he's not played enough games a season to uh, warrant a higher place in the uh, in in the list. Which uh, I'm going to contradict myself later on in the list. <laughs> yeah, there's. Uh... I I left off. I didn't actually. I was maybe going to mention this at the start. I've left off a few players who probably would deserve to be in this list, but they've just not played enough games for me. And there's, and I think that kind of counted against Greg Lee as well. But he did still. He played over twenty games, so I think that was enough. But uh, there's another player that we'll come to. I think's only played maybe nineteen times, something like that. That I've, I've got and I've got high just because I think he's that good a player. But there's hmm. there's other I ones like. I'm- I'll, 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 I'll see if you leave them off as well, and then we'll maybe come to them at the very end if, if we don't cool. mention them. Uh, okay. Right, my number... Oh, sorry, your number nine, then? My number nine is Callum Waters. All right. Yeah. So I just... Uh, I've, I've, I've kind of just... I was between him and someone else, and I've just I've just flipped them. Uh, but Callum Waters is a player I... I the one thing that I, I picked up on from what you said is that he's, he's a player that you watch and want to do well. I think he is he's the type of fullback I like where he's probably he's got his defensive attributes which are more important or higher than his attacking attributes. He's got that scrappiness, that combat uh, combativeness where you just you can just tell that he loves to get stuck in. Again, I think the the I think he's probably got the quality to be a better attacking fullback and he's still quite young, so that'll that'll come. And he's he's definitely he's uh on, don't have to worry about signing a left back this season uh, this summer. Yeah, I'd pretty much agree with that. Right, my number nine is the current Kelly left-back, Nico Hamalainen. Okay, I've slightly higher up. Slightly higher up. Uh, yeah, I mean, fast. He seems like a, a decent footballer, like technically proficient. But I think the thing uh, that has impressed me most about he's he's actually quite a good defender as well. You see, it's kind of play when you first see, you kind of maybe stereotype and think like, uh, he looks like the kind of guy would be good going forward, but I'm not sure what he'll be like at the back. I mean, he has oh, these errors this season. I mean, every defender has, but I think for, for watching him, he's quite, unlike Greg Lee, he's quite disciplined. So he'll kind of stay back a little more and kind of let the attacker make the first move. And because he's quite big, I mean, he's quite, you know, spindly. He's not, you know, he's not the most muscular players, but he's quite tall and he's quite fast. So he's quite athletic. Little, Yes, he's quite athletic, but so it means if he make, if he allows the opposing player to make the first move, even if that player has a good first step, he can usually catch up with them. And I think he, he slots in well into what is a, a disciplined back four. And I mean, maybe that helps him as well, but I think he's also a credit to that unit. And he also had b- big shoes to fill as well when he came in with Greg oh, yeah, leaving. And, and he's managed to take that on pretty well. Yeah, they're... they're... 
the probably the biggest compliment you can you can uh, pay him is that Greg Taylor has been uh, been uh, sold for for good money and he hasn't really been missed. He's certainly not been noticeably missed. Yeah, and he he gets stuck in as well, which again kind of belies what you'd maybe expect from the the kind of other parts of his makeup in terms of you know white boots and the, the way he kind of the way he kind of moves with the ball suggests mm. somebody that maybe wouldn't get stuck in as much. But he does. He's got eight point zero six defensive duels a game, which is pretty high in the list for this season amongst fullbacks. Right, who's your number eight? Jake Carroll. I've got him slightly higher. I've got one place higher. <laughs> yeah, so I think I think we've just um, we just kind of flipped eight, eight nine. Or we've got them closer. Uh, Jake yeah. Carroll is uh, again. You can you can transfer what a lot of you said about Hamelainen to to Jake Carroll. And again, I th- I think when we talked about Greg, you don't you not notice the difference when Greg Taylor has been replaced by Hamelainen. You've noticed the difference with Motherwell when Jake Carroll's out the team and they have to play uh, Richard Tate at left back. To, uh, left back to say, I think Carroll really gave Motherwell a different dimension, both uh, probably more so as an attacking outlet. He has he's, he's one of those who has got those um, maybe not got a massive ceiling, but he's got the attributes you want for a, a fullback at this level. Yeah, he's quick, athletic, tall, good range of passing, can take free kicks. Decent he's, cross as well. And he also, when he first signed, the Mullow fans really weren't kind of particularly happy with that saying because he had had a stint in Scottish football before with... Ah, I'm blanking on this, but he had he had a loan spell in previous with another team and he wasn't any good. And I'm just going to quickly look this up. Yeah, sorry, I'm doing it just now. He was at Partick Thistle. Yes. Yeah, and I don't think, he, I don't think he'd impressed that much. I didn't realise... So, I didn't realise he was twenty eight. I thought it was a lot. I thought it was younger. Yeah, I thought that as well when I was kind of because I was on Wisecout trying to look at his stats, and you know you can like narrow the age. I was like narrowing it to younger, and he still wasn't coming up. And I Wikipedia them, and I was like, oh Christ! <laughs> I was thinking like twenty four or something like that. Yeah. Uh, he's another player that again uh, gets stuck in quite a lot at left back. He's actually had more defensive duels uh, he's been in than than Hamelainen eight point three six. Uh, he's uh, as I said as well. He's also somebody who I think even more so, and that's why I've got him higher on the list than than Hamelin, and even more so that uh, I think he's a better player going forward. But there's not too much in it. They're quite similar players. Um, okay, I, I slightly uh, slightly disagree. I think um, certainly, yeah, in, in attacking sense, uh, there's there's certainly not a lot in it at all. But uh, as Hamelin and for me, uh, for me edges it. The, the the big thing for Carroll is that for Motherwell again, th- that he allows them to play less. He allows them to play a back three or a back four. He's he's got those qualities that you can flip between a wing back and a and a, and a full back. Okay, fair enough. My number eight is Hamilton right back Aaron McGowan. Oh, uh, he's not on my list. Ah, did you forget him? Or did you just not want him on? Um, I swithered, I swithered, I, I thought he's been, I thought he was better last season, certainly more consistent last season. Uh, from, from, from my opinion, I mean, Hamilton fans, who uh, they, they may turn around and say, I'm, I'm talking absolute nonsense, but I can see, I can see why you've, you've put him on the list. I think after the departure of Darian McKinnon and Dougie Emery, he just epitomises Hamilton. Yeah, really Kevin Gogic. 
there, yeah, there's nothing sexy about him at all. But he runs hard, he defends hard, he makes smart choices, and he leads by example. He's actually a, he likes to run with the ball as well, three three and a half times a game. His crossing's not too bad, thirty four percent, and he makes a lot of interceptions, a lot of defensive duels, a lot of aerial duels. He's just somebody who just plays the game in a manner that, again, fans just have to respect. That he just he is somebody who you you look at and you think you have just eked out every single bit of potential you could have had. In, in football, you're you're not leaving anything. The, the I think maybe one of the reasons was because I, 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 something in my head suggested he'd missed a lot of games. I'm just looking at there. He's 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 missed eight games in the in the league, but I think it's kind of testament that when he is available, he starts and he plays he, he plays in ninety minutes as well. I do I do like him. Don't get me wrong. I think he's still young as well, so I think he's 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 got a lot of potential, and he is that he's that. He's the type of player that Hamilton needs uh, need in their team for the the type of t- uh, pl- the type of team they are, the type of club they are, and he he's someone who, when you look at the Hamilton squad, sometimes you, there's a lot of players in it you just can't really rely on. McGowan, like Gogic, is is someone you can rely on, so you know you're going to get six, seven out of ten. Okay, who's your number seven? So my number seven is Hamilton, and I'm I'm a huge fan of him. As soon as uh, remember reading Craig Anderson's comments about him, and then the first few games I watched him, I just I just took an instant like uh, instant like to him. I think he's really, as we'll come to talk about uh, later on, him and Stephen O'Donnell, the fullbacks for Kamarak are really really crucial in terms of uh, how they play because when you look at them, the makeup of Kelly's team with Jordan Jones leaving, they don't have a lot of width. With the width that uh, they do have is Chris, uh, kind of Chris Park, and you got like Rony McKenzie who plays more central. So it relies on these two, uh, the two fullbacks getting forward and providing that. And can it epitomise with the Rangers goal where it was uh, the most recent win at Rugby Park, where it was Hamilton who it was. Uh, you could at very generous, you say a cross shot, but it was a missed uh, miss it shot and it land and it just. Um, it just went straight to O'Donnell to put uh, to put the back in the net. So you had these two defenders in the in the box. Hamilton, he just he just looks like a really um, almost like just he, he seems to just play very laid back, but obviously he doesn't. He's he, he's up on the game. He's he's aggressive aggressive as you said. And but more than anything, sometimes when I watch Kamarik this season, I've been really impressed with their ball retention. The, the angles they take, the way they keep the ball. And Hamline is one is who, if you give him the ball, you know he's going to protect it, he's going to keep it safe, and he's more often than not, he's going to find a teammate. Okay, man, number seven, we've already talked about that's Jake Carroll. You're number six. Michael Smith. I've got the exact same. Yes. Did it, did it hurt I, you to, to put on this low? Uh, no, not, not really. Not really. I think he's... I think it was kind of off. There was there was four players. Then there was another player, and then it was kind of Michael Smith. I think he is. Uh, I think he's where he exactly should be. And this is coming from a massive Michael uh, Michael Smith fan. Again, like a lot of Hearts players, not being his best season, but he is one of few like Hickey at Tynecastle who's come out this season with pass marks. He's not played too much. He's he's, he's played right back, but he's also played centre mid, centre back as well. And missed a few games, but he's, he's just your 
He's just your uh, the, the left the trustworthy fullback that every team should have. Hearts fans say it; they want they would love three, four, five, or even a team of Michael Smiths, just because he's so consistent. He very, very rarely make, uh, makes mistakes. He's one of the one of the players, very few players you can rely on. He more than any other player in the uh, in the Hearts team reads the game better than uh, better than anyone. Yeah, I wonder. Smith is a hard one for this because he doesn't show up in stats. Yeah, and also you kind of touched on it. One of the main things about Michael Smith and why he's he's so beloved and what makes him such a good good player is the fact that he can slot into centre midfield, he can slot into centre back, and if Hearts had Michael Smith able to play in those two positions, they'd probably be a better team. Absolutely, uh, uh, but. As a fullback, I still think he does have his limitations, and it's whether to do I judge him on just on being a fullback, or do I also allow him to to take into account the fact that he is so good in the centre of defence and he is so good in midfield. Does that does that bump him up on my list because of that? Yeah. Or or do yeah. I, I do I discount that? So he was a hard one to judge, but I've gone for six because mainly because of the reasons you said. He's actually, I mean the. I tallied together for the evening news last week the the player ratings for well, well I didn't tally it together I just put up the article but they were tallied together for me all the player ratings this season and Michael Smith was by far and away Hearts best player according to the player ratings in the evening news every week it was something that, it was even close it was like like zero point four like better than Hickey who was second that's probably because as soon as I write my my player ratings down for Hearts <laughs> uh, Michael Smith automatically starts with an eight. <laughs> The I, I I get what you mean about the the, the fullback fullback issue. That's because that's when when he does play football uh, fullback. That's where the kind of reliable, consistent, trustworthy those kind of qualities come in. He's you know that he's 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 not going to affect the game in the final third too much. He's not yeah. the quickest. He's not the strongest. But I think it comes down to his reading the game. I still think he is Hart's best centre back. I think his best position is uh, as a sweeper in a back three. Yeah, and to go on his point, even though he's not, yeah, he maybe could do more in the final third, but he still makes himself an option, and he's better. He's at least he's not like Robin Nielsen in that end. He makes himself an option, and you're not disappointed to see him get on the ball. He can still make things happen. Yeah, right. So you're number five, Stephen O'Donnell. Oh, I've got him one place higher. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, Stephen O'Donnell is sometimes I think. Reading the comments, or sorry to listen to Craig Anderson, is that he's can sometimes have an certainly this season had had a few off days, but he is someone who I have been probably the only person on this list who I've been swayed with by stats and looking at in terms of accuracy, uh, accuracy of crossing, uh, dribbling. Uh, progressive runs, key passes, stuff, uh, stuff like that, where he's having a like a tangible effect. Certainly in the final third, he he features very, very high up, which is uh, which just shows how important he is to uh, to Kilmarnock. And I mean, there's not there's not a lot more I can tell the listeners that have not overheard us speak about Stephen O'Donnell in the past in terms of this is uh, a player who is built to play as a fullback in Scottish football with his physical attributes, his mental attributes and his technical attributes. Yeah, I've... So I'm just going to go. My number five is Greg Taylor. So it was a choice between... It was a toss-up between me for Taylor or O'Donnell for this spot. I 
went with O'Donnell mainly because so I'll just come on to talk to t- about Taylor now. I think Taylor has been okay to decent for Celtic. I don't think he's quite set the heather alight. I'm sure he, he must have some doubters amongst the support, but I think there's a, there's a, he's shown enough so far, and Lennon's showing enough patience to them that I think he will grow, improve, adapt more to being in a club that's got sixty thousand supporters every week as, as opposed to you know five, six, seven, whatever Kamarnock average last season. And he will go on to be a, a big player for them in the future, I, w- I would think so, because he certainly has the ability. I may have personally been swayed a little bit by the fact that he's been a little underwhelming this season and that O'Donnell has just continued to be his best because, and I'm going to, because I'm going to contradict myself when I come to my number three, having him above O'Donnell, is that if you had two players played for Scotland, I'd rather have my number three than, than O'Donnell. But I'd probably rather have Taylor played for Scotland than O'Donnell played for Scotland. So maybe, maybe if O'Donnell was playing for Celtic, he would look out of his depth as he, as he does at the international level. But I don't think that'll be the case. Uh, to talk about, about O'Donnell's good points, he's you talked about him going forward, and yeah, and I've got the stat here: thirty-nine percent crossing this season, up from thirty-five mm-hmm. last year. That's that's very good. So this and, is accuracy we're talking. About. This is uh, just yeah, to confirm this accuracy. Yeah. yeah, accuracy and. He's he's a good defender as well because he's big. He's he doesn't look quick, but he does have a bit of kind of straight running pace on him, and he just yeah another one of that disciplined back four. So he's my number. So I've just done two in a row. I've skipped ahead. Uh, Taylor, yeah, my number five. To talk about the good things about Greg Taylor, just somebody who we saw this all the time at Kamarnock. As soon as he came into the team, just somebody who just seemed to know how to play football, and if you. If that sounds weird, you get footballers all the time who you can tell have the talent to play football, but they don't necessarily know how to play football. Greg Taylor, as soon as he walked on a pitch, just knew exactly what he was supposed to do in each and every single moment and generally does that. He's still got a ways, I think, to go. He has his moments, but I think he's still got a ways to, in terms of going forward, how he can impact the game. I think he's still learning as well how to be a Celtic player as opposed to being a Kilmarnock player. So you're not, you're not on your own half a lot of the time. you When you're defending, you have a lot of players around about you. When you're defending at Celtic, you're probably out on an island because the other team's having a counter-attack. You've got a lot of space to run forward with the ball, whereas at Kelly, you're maybe being pressured right away and making the smart decision maybe at Kilmarnock is looked upon a lot more favourably than it is at Celtic, whereas it's just a case of releasing the ball to a teammate if you're put under pressure. That pressure doesn't arrive at Celtic until you're in a lot of times in the final third and you're expected to do something with it. So he's just gone through some growing pains this season, in my opinion. And if anybody wanted to say you're wrong, Taylor should be higher than Adoral, then I'll hold my hands up and say, yeah, fair enough, because these two were a toss-up for me. The, the, this is this is this is a brain fart on my part. I, I didn't have. I'm not got Greg uh, Greg Taylor, but <laughs> it's it's because I, I was so rather than going through the squad list. This was uh, rather than go through the squad lists on transfer market or Wikipedia, or wherever wherever you uh, do it. I just I would just look. I was just thinking of all the fullbacks, and then when I was when I got to Celtic, it was like left back. No, I'm not doing a Celtic left back. Completely, completely ignoring Greg Taylor. So uh, I would like to place Greg Taylor number six, and then just bump everyone else down one. Uh, so <laughs> Greg Lee, Greg Lee uh, does not make my list. Okay, I think that means you have somebody else in your top that I don't. Yes, yes. Yeah, so, so this this player is um, 
this this player is someone who I've talked about like a small sample size that's kind of weighed against people, but I've kind of contradicted myself with this one. But we'll get we'll get we'll get we'll get to him. What you okay. said about Greg Taylor, I I, I agree with. I think uh, he he falls into the Michael Smith of fullbacks, but on like a completely different level. And the fact that he's got he's young and he's he's continued to develop, that like you'll, you'll get better at all these different aspects as well. I'm Josh Schneider-Weiler. And I'm John McKenzie. We know that the football news cycle never slows down. But sometimes, don't you wish it did? On the Football Today podcast, we give you in-depth analysis of the most interesting stories from around the world of football. And hear from the most knowledgeable journalists in the game. You can listen to each episode in the time it takes for a single commute. So join us now and subscribe to Football Today wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, it's Fowler once again here to bring you an offer of free beer. Who doesn't love free beer? Well, we've partnered up once again with the good people at Beer52.com and they're giving our listeners the opportunity to sip eight delicious and painstakingly sourced craft beers from around the world. All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash terrace and just cover the postage of 4 And if that wasn't enough, as a listener of the terrace, you'll get an extra two free beers. So that's ten free beers in total for Terrace listeners. B52 are beer pioneers. They traverse the globe to find the best and most interesting beer from the greatest small batch breweries planet Earth has to offer. No surprise then that they're the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Each month, Beer52 deliver a case with a different theme. Themes have included Germany, South Africa, New Zealand, California and many more. As an independent UK company, Beer52 are also passionate about the UK craft beer scene. The beauty of Beer52 is that you can leave any time. The power is in your hands. As well as the best, most interesting beer money can buy, your case will include the award-winning craft beer magazine Ferment, which explains the theme and individual beers you'll receive, and a beery snack is thrown in just to top it off. If you don't like dark beers, you can choose the light plan instead. Easy. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash terrace to get your case free. And don't forget right now, the Terrace listeners get two extra beers free. So what was the last one I asked you? Who was your number five again? Uh, so my number Who's five your number four? A, my number four is Jeremy Frim, Frimpong. I've got him as well. I've got him one place higher. Okay. So, so Frimpong is... Seeing him live is is a, sometimes a, a complete and utter rush because he is so quick, he's so diminutive, he's so exciting, and he's like this 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 guy. If he continues on the trajectory of this season, he can as a fullback or even potentially further forward, he can actually dominate games from right back. But yeah, he's still got a, a long way to go defensively. We've seen that in, in certain games in certain games this season, whether it's in Europe, whether it was the League Cup final. That there's uh, this is a player who has he's shot on the scene, but understandably is still young, still learning the the ropes. hasn't played a lot of first team football either. So these these will come. But as a fullback at this point in time for Celtic domestically, he is absolutely perfect. Yeah, his crossing needs to be better. He needs to get better defensively. He's quite small, and I don't think he's got to get much taller, so that's going to go against him for the rest of his career. I don't think he's going to 
can or should put on too much weight as well because that might mm. detract from his his running ability. But it's 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 like a it's a classic case of somebody just having one attribute that just or one or two attributes that just are incredible, and that's really sometimes all you need. So Jeremy Fringpong is brilliant at running with the ball, and he's very fast. Mm-hmm. So when you just have those two attributes, that's just hard in football. That's just hard to deal with. You don't really need much else if you could do those two things very, very well. Run and run with the ball and do, on, do it both excellently. On on top of that is is something that I think, uh, sorry, it's not overlooked, but it's uh, you forget about stats, you forget about te- technical aspects. It's his attitude. His attitude is is probably one of the best in, in Scottish football. This is a player that's obviously very, very keen to learn. He is if something doesn't go his way, he will he kind of won't he might show it, but show it in a way that in a in a good way. He'll he'll channel it in the right way. Okay, so he's my number three. So who's your number three? My number three is this is <laughs> Number it's, two, who is this? I, Fucking Max Lowe or something. <laughs> my, my number, my number two and my number three. Uh, I could, I could switch them at any point, but um, Hatem Abd Al Elhamid. Yeah, I didn't have him in my list just because he's only. I think he's only played like six domestic games. Yeah, so I've been very. To, to be fair, every game I've I have uh, seen him domestically, he's been fine, but very much been swayed by his uh, European performances. I think if he played the whole season, he may as well, he might have been my number one because I think Celtic have got themselves an absolutely fantastic addition here. He can play, he can play right back. He can play centre back as well. I think he was, I think he played most of his, he's played most of his career at centre back. But so there was confusion when Celtic signed him, but he's played at right back. He is, he was he's so composed. He's got a really good understanding the uh, understanding the role. His positioning as as a right back is fantastic, especially for someone who has predominantly played centre back. The fact that he can stall off watching him against Lazio uh, up close, I was uh, in the press box and he was he was really uh, so I kind of paid attention to him when he was playing uh, when he was playing on the touchline nearest uh, nearest the press box and it was. It was, it was almost a joy, kind of joy to watch him play because of his understanding of the game, how the game was unfolding, his tech, uh, his technical attributes in terms of his passing, his touch, his control is absolutely brilliant. And he was, he was offering himself as uh, an, an attacking outlet. You just just compare him to like Mikel Lustig of the last two three seasons. It was just it was just so far above him. Yeah, I I. Just, I think he is a very good player. I think when they signed him, they had just eyes on him to be the the right back for European games mainly because mm-hmm. they want to obviously be less attacking on the right side of the fence and having a career centre half who, to be fair, he does have attributes that kind of fit a, a full back because he's very fast for a for a career centre half. He, he's very quick and he can mm-hmm. move with the ball as well. And it's just that he suits that role very well. I would like to see more of him in Scottish football to, to, to properly judge what we think of him. So, yeah, you might play great in Europe consistently, but do does he get criticism in, in Scottish football for maybe not doing enough on the ball, for instance? We, we don't know yet. 
he might do, he might not. He might be perfectly fine. He might, you know, he might learn that he's actually a much better footballer than he ever thought, and he should have switched off fullback much earlier in his career. And he dominates Scottish football from right back. We just don't know. There's, there's just not enough there for me. So I just, I just felt it easier to leave him off. And Bauer looks like a good player as well. Celtic have three good right backs, but I didn't have him in my top twelve either because again, just not enough, not enough games. Yeah, Bauer. The Bauer's what one of those I, I couldn't really uh, couldn't really say, but I just I just just had a really good feeling about El El Hamed, so I made an exception for him uh, despite him playing only five league games to to shoehorn him into my to my top twelve. I've got a good feeling about him uh, going forward, whether it's centre back or right back. Who's your number two? James Tavernier. Same. I thought it was going to be controversial there because I know that you're a big fan of Tav as well, but. I just had no. to knock him off. Top, you're the same. I just had to knock him off top spot. He's just had a rubbish season for his for his standard. It's it's weird because you look if you just look at kind of uh, numbers wise, J. Uh, Tavernier is quite similar to uh, quite kind of similar to Frimpong, but the the kind of narrative around each player is very very different. So you've got this up and coming uh, this up and coming really talented youngster against Tavernier who is almost the head off Rangers on the kind of playing side. They failed again. He's seen as a failure. He's had a few absolute shockers this season, especially in the the latter couple of months. And it's like almost like he's on the wane and Frimpong's on the rise. But he's still... He's still one of the best fullbacks in the league, despite uh, despite his uh, slight regression. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Still such... A f- a f- impactful, forceful player, somebody who just insists upon himself upon games, and you always know he's playing, and he can always do something on the attacking end. And he's never, for the last couple of years, he's still not been as bad defensively as he's always made out. Although I, th- I think he has maybe regressed a little bit defensively this season compared to the last couple of years, where I thought he was getting better. But th- that's another reason why I've knocked him off the top spot. Is that I think obviously the guy in front of him who I, I don't think we should maybe <laughs> don't think we need to keep it secret. Obviously, our number no. one each is going to be Borna Barisic, uh, which something we definitely wouldn't have thought we'd be saying, you know, back well, in September. Yeah. But yeah. Barisic is a better defender, and he's probably this season been just as impactful on the attacking end as Tavernier. Maybe not quite, but no, actually, I'm, I'm going to go with that. I think he has been because. One reason that one aspect of Tavernier's game which has dropped off massively has been his crossing. crossing. Last season, 41% accuracy. This season, 25 That's a huge drop-off in mental, one year. Mental, Yeah, so Tavernier, just just on his defensive def- defensive side, at times it looks like he's a player who has been... He's, 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 like His mind has almost been clouded. Just sometimes when he... Defensively, when he's... He just he doesn't, doesn't react as quickly as he should or... Just a simple clearance or a, a simple block, he he makes a mess of it. Whereas uh, Barisic has just just been. I think it's there's there's no surprise that when Barisic and Tavernier uh, play in tandem, that Rangers are are a much better team. Barisic is someone last season I thought wasn't as bad as uh, some uh, certainly some were making out. You see him, and he is just such a just such a classy, classy fullback. The way he just the way just the way he uses his body, certainly to cross the ball, to pass the ball, it's it's very very cultured. Yeah, he has creation crossing machine, isn't he? That's just his yes. It's his biggest attribute, but it's a pretty good one because he is an excellent crosser of the ball, and it's. I wonder what these ones. It's only thirty eight percent. 
so I don't even think he's got the best mark in the league, but it just seems like maybe it's one of those ones where they don't count it if it doesn't hit the first target. But it seems like every time he puts it in a good area, so even though the defender gets it first, it doesn't count as a cu- accurate cross. But Rangers mm-hmm. probably get a second ball from that, or yeah. or a deflects in the path of a Rangers player. There was a game against Hamilton where Rangers were very poor in defeat to Hamilton, but they should have won the game because they created loads of chances and pretty much every single chance they had in that game, and it was quite a few. All seem to come from Barisic crosses. That's 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 the thing about sometimes with the the cross and accuracy stat is it, maybe not misleading, but it doesn't take into account the the crosses that cause just just put just cause issues for defenses where there he sends a ball into the into the six yard box and it causes panic or it's it, it's a near miss where you just think. It sh- can he, it should have been so. Uh, on top of these accurate crosses, he would have sent so many more in where it was just it was either asking to be scored or the uh, uh, panic defences. Yeah. So and like I said, defensively, he's something that didn't really stand out this year. But I think it's been pretty solid on the defensive end, and you've seen that he's, a few he's, times in Europe. He's he's a unit. Watching yeah. him, watching him at Tynecastle in the first game this season, it was a one-one, one-one draw. He used to, it was frustrating because he just had so many, so much space uh, down the left-hand side, attacking-wise. But defensively, he, he he's strong, and I think he's he's got a good build to in one-on-one situations, but also to kind of stop crosses as well when he's uh, when when he's going up against uh, going up going up against a winger. I think he's very much deserved his. Uh, his first place on the Terrace Podcast fullback list. And what a way to end it. Thanks very much for listening. If you'd like to hear more from us, make sure you head over to patreon.com forward slash Terrace Podcast where we've got lots of other content as well uh, from as little as $2 a month or you can go to $5 a month if you're feeling flush in these you know, strict financial times. And yeah, that's pretty much it. If you'd like to get in touch with us on Twitter, the handle's at Terrace Podcast. And I think that's about it. Joel, anything to add before you Go. No, I, I don't think so. I just wanted. To, oh, I, one one thing I wanted to say was um, Rafe Rover. Uh, I was going to mention uh, mention to you this earlier earlier about things we've noticed have either um, cheered us up or pissed off pissed off us the last pissed us off the last week. And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and Rafe Rovers there. Uh, uh, Sean Sean's kind of mentioned this a few times in the last uh, last couple of weeks, but Rafe Rovers they are. Uh, crowdfunder, I think, has been absolutely fantastic, and uh, it's probably been the best at the lower leagues. But the amount of the amount of lower league teams who are being supported by their fan base or their local community, it's been it's been it's been very uh, very impressive. Well said. Goodbye, Joe. Goodbye, and to everybody out there, stay safe. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.